Hey, you damn guys. Welcome to Book Club Member Comics. My name is John Salinas, and I'm here with... Aubrey Loveless. I'm Danielle. And I'm Wes. Hey! Wes, 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 Wes. is back. It's Wes. Thanks for coming on, Wes. What's up, Wes? Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for taking me out of that drawer, finally. Yeah, yeah well... <laughs> Bet it's getting dusty in there. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, by nature, it wouldn't be dusty in there because it's a drawer. That's where you put things so they don't get dusty. Oh, I see, yeah. Mm. It is dark, though. We had to open I it. I did not put a nightlight in there. <laughs> So. Yes, thanks for thanks for joining us. It's so glad to have you back on the show. Wait for his eyes to adjust. Yeah, <laughs> wait for his eyes to adjust. Very good. Yes, this is our book club podcast. We're reading comics. We're talking to our friends, and now Danielle's going to tell you all about it. Uh, no, I'm not. Wes is going to tell you all about it. Uh, no, I'm not. Aubrey's going to tell us all about it. <laughs> oh, oh, wow! Throwing wow. it to Aubrey. Okay. Okay. All right, I can do this. Um, can you? I don't know. I don't pay attention a lot. I know. <laughs> That's what I'm excited about. I can't wait. All right, so yeah. We're going to read a thing and tell you to read a thing, and then we're going to talk about that thing, and then you're going to listen to us talk about that thing, and then you're going to send us a hey, you damn guys, and talk about what we talked about already while we're talking about something else. Yes. Yeah. What's <laughs> a hey, you damn guys, Aubrey? It's either an email or a comment or um, snail mail or yeah. if you do telepathy, that's also cool. <laughs> you can type it. You can record your voice yeah, and send good. us that. Send us an audio. We'll play that on here. And that. Is friendship yeah. and a book club. Yeah. Back to you, oh. Wes, to Danielle, to John. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. 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 Incredible. Great job, Aubrey. Has Aubrey ever done that? A couple times. Good job, Aubrey. A couple Aubrey. times. Good yeah. job, Aubrey. Yeah. Good job, Aubrey. <laughs> I got some shouts outs for this week. Shouts, shouts outs. Oh, man. I got a triple shout out. Oh. Triple shout out. Yeah. What's I want to shout out Chris Egan, Robert Noonan, and Julian Zamo. Okay. Chris Egan, Robert Noonan, and Julian Zamo. Collectively, these are book club members. Yes. <laughs> They all messaged me early in the morning oh, on shit. Tuesday and said, okay. you uploaded the wrong episode. Holy shit. Uh, oh, oh no. fuck. So thank you guys Thanks, for doing guys. that. I don't know what happened the night before. It's just been a busy week. And like, I guess when I uploaded the episode, I picked the wrong one or whatever. And which, which is frustrating to me because I spend so much time to get it ready on time. Yeah. So that way I can have it done before I go to bed and it'll upload the next day. And well, and you're usually very careful about like yeah. backing up your backups. Like you're like, I'm going to send this to myself on two separate ways. I usually, so that if I, there's anything wrong, I can yeah, do something with I it. I usually Dropbox the final yeah. file. So that way if something goes wrong, I have it. And then I didn't do that either. So and I was already at work and I was like, damn it, I'm not gonna be able to do this till yeah. I get home. So anyway, there was a delay with that episode, but thank you guys I like for that, pointing that I out. I like that so many people yeah. caught that immediately. Like, <laughs> hey. Well, it also made me feel good because yeah. they're listening to it right when it comes yeah. out. Yeah. They're waiting for that episode to drop. I mean, anyway, it, I apologize it, for it that. It warms but our thank hearts you. that you're able to tell us that we fucked up so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> we love you for that. Also, and by also, we I mean John because he's the only one who does any of this. I just show up and then leave. Well, it is also like, you know, we had to put off doing the silver the last silver surfer issue because of of illness and all that. And so people were like, All right, finally, here's the last silver surfer. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, <laughs> we're talking we about something you. else. Yeah. <laughs> we tricked you. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. I also wanted to shout out at C Husker J on Twitter. At C Husker J on Twitter. Yes. Book club member. Yes. They shared our post from our finale episode and they shared it to like another podcast that they like. And they oh, were nice. like, oh, you're, we're talking about this comic. Cause I guess they also like that comic. Okay. So anyway, I thought that that was cool that That's they were fun. like, you got to listen to this episode. So thanks for sharing our episode. Thank you. And then also, I know we were talking with Julian Zamo about when we usually record. You know, um, I'm so glad that people want to get feedback in time. 
for us to get it on the show. In the feed bay. Um, so usually we record on Fridays at 7.30 Central Standard Time. But that's that, with, in America. Yes. But like, that's not all the time. You know, sometimes we record on Tuesday or Wednesday if we have an off week. So it's not a guarantee. I would say 85% of the time, if you get the feedback to us by 7.30 CST, we'll get it on the show. Well, I mean, you can get done with your notes long before then, so it has to be a little bit earlier. Yeah, maybe a little earlier, maybe we're like 6 p.m. CST yeah. or something like that. But anyway, that's when I checked the last round of feedback. And speaking of that, now we're going to go on to our listener feedback. Listener feedback. Listener feedback. From the feedback. Yes. That's right, it's from the feedback. Excellent. Get out, trades and floppies. Get out, hardback copies. Digital is fine. We got a Hey You Damn Guys from Robert Newnham. Robert Newnham. Book club member. That's right. Hey You Damn Guys, a brief update. I finished Hellboy in Love and Hellboy the BPR 1957. I've also started the first audio drama. I'll probably listen to it in 20 or 30 minute increments. Six hours is a bit much to get through in one sitting. I finished playing through Echo, which I enjoyed. Next, I'll be playing Chorus. Oh, and apparently I have... Dracula motherfucker in my humble mumble library. Oh, nice. So I'll be able to listen to that episode. Speaking of which, they're doing an image comics bundle at the moment, if that interests you. Oh. Oh, nice. And one more thing. I can't tell you where yet, but Legends Con 2 is happening in March next year. So you weren't feeling well, Danielle? I hope you're doing better this week. Aw, thank yeah, you. That was very thank sweet. you, Robert. That's awesome. Thoughtful. Yeah. I am feeling better. Thank you. Um, yeah, Dracula Motherfucker. I loved that one. That was a good really one. Really good one. Yeah, that's yeah. really good. I'll have to check out that image humble bundle and see what books are in there. Thank you so much, Robert. Good to hear from you. We also heard from Julian Zamo. Julian Zamo. Book club member. Yes. He said, Hey, you damn guys. I just caught up with the podcast just in time for the finale of Silver Surfer. Hopefully, Danielle's feeling better now. Aw, thanks. Yeah, I am. Thank you for introducing me to this series, guys. It's become one of my favorite Marvel runs, and I probably wouldn't have read it if not for the podcast. That goes for a lot of comics you cover. Nice. Sure, some of them I'd already read before, like Harrow County, Invincible Claws, and the Mignola stuff, but some were new to me, and I'm really glad you had us read them, like Scott Pilgrim, Catwoman, Lonely City, and Salt Magic. Nice. One of those nice. was mine. Yes. yes. I, did. I picked one of those. Anyway, I was trying to think of my favorite issue of the Silver Surfer run, and I don't think I can choose. I just mm. like the entire thing. Yeah. 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 I it all feels like one big good thing. Yeah, which, it does. really does. You know, like what a what an achievement in and of itself. Yeah. Also, thank you for Salt Magic. Also, I want to say that was I'm so glad I read that too. Yeah, also. that yeah, was that um, really that was a, a recommendation by by Mark Tweedo, yeah. book club member. He said, "I know you probably have a long list of comics you want to get on the podcast, but I'll recommend some anyway." Yeah, Jenny Finn. Probably already on the list since it's Mignola, but if you like the Doom that came to Gotham, you'll probably like this one. Okay. Same artist and reads like a proto Witchfinder, kind of. Okay. Yes, I have read Jenny Fenn. It's really cool. It's really weird. Oh. Um, so, okay. yeah. Right. He also said Zombie World, Champion of Worms, same as above. This is kind of proto BPRD. Paper Girls. This is one of my favorite comics ever. Okay. And the only one that has hit me hard enough to actually make me cry. Right. It sounds like you guys like Brian K. Vaughn and Cliff Chang, so it's probably right up your alley. Very emotional like Saga, but a bit less intense and gory. It's only 30 issues long, though, so it would take a few episodes to get through it, but I think it's worth it. Okay. I would love to see you cover it at some point. 
That's pretty good. Have you all read any of those paper no, I've, girls? I've heard that it's something. I've, I've heard good, it was good. So. Yeah, I, I just haven't read it. I think I have the. I think I read the first trade, and it was really good. All but right. I just, um, it was just too many comics at the time. It's <laughs> a lot. He also said, "I have a few more recommendations, but I'll save them for later, so as not to make a super long message." Really glad I'll be able to send "Hey, you damn guys!" more often now that I'm caught up on the podcast too. Awesome. P.S. The Venom movies might not be your best superhero movies ever, but I thought they were really fun. Tom Hardy is just so good at playing both characters. Tom Hardy is really good. And yeah. He's this, good in it. And this is coming from someone that was really skeptical and avoided them until I heard that Tom Holland Spidey was in the post credit scene. That being said, I have yet to see Morbius. I'm not looking forward to it. Uh, <laughs> so, it's, but it's who Morbin knows? Time. It's Morbin time. I seem to like a lot of superhero movies most people don't enjoy, like mm. Eternals and Thor, Love and Thunder. Oh, I liked I liked Eternals. Wow. Yeah, I, you know, I hated I, both of those movies with my life. I think Thor, Love and Thunder is so, better on the rewatch. No, it's bad. Um, on the rewatch, I I think it's like expectations too. It's you one know, of the worst I don't know. Movies ever. I will say this though: the Venom movie. The when when I first saw the first Venom movie, yeah. I was like, this is an 80s movie and it's so great if you go into it thinking like i am about to see a goofy 80s movie then you will have a great time and love it and that's basically my attitude towards that particular movie and so if you go in expecting anything else you will be upset and disappointed (laughs) don't do it (laughs) Um, but he did have some more feedback regarding Robert Newnham's feedback from the last episode. All right, okay. Um, Robert was talking about X-Men the Animated Series. Yeah. Julian said, uh, this series is amazing. I love how much continuity the 90s cartoon had. I mean, Batman the Animated Series is amazing. It's better technically and artistically, but it's almost purely episodic. Mm. 90s X-Men and Spider-Man have long season arcs instead, yeah. which I find more satisfying in the long run. Sadly, the last two seasons were pretty random in the order and don't make much sense. But for that reason, I made a watch order. Classic me. Okay. To have the episodes of the last two episodes flow better. Mm. Also move the great Mr. Sinister origin episode to season two where he's the main villain. Right. So um, he linked the Google spreadsheet. So I'm going to link that. And we're going to watch it. We're going to watch it in that order to get ready for what? Yes, well, he said, said, uh, the show can be very silly and cartoony. It is a cartoon after all. It's a kid's cartoon. But it can also be surprisingly deep and emotional. I didn't expect to cry on the last episode, but I did. Really recommend giving the show a watch if you haven't personally. I can't wait for the revival, X Men 97. Yes. So we have to talk about this. So, as I've said so many times before on this show, the X Men cartoon was like, basically my gateway drug to right. so many shows and and comic books and all of that right just all that whole just scene. all that whole scene out like my it was like blew my whole fucking mind and so i started reading comic books and i started doing this and that and so john was like hey sit down you have to watch this right now and he played the trailer for the new yeah. series and i do you ever feel goosebumps all over your yeah. body? And I'm like, this is so stupid and embarrassing. Why do I have literal goosebumps all over right. because of this trailer for this cartoon <laughs> for a kid's show? Like, I I don't know. It's I I fucking freaked out. Yeah, yeah. And they're all in their beach clothes. They're in their, their volleyball clothes. Oh, there's a, there's a shot in there and they're all they're in their, their volleyball fucking, fucking clothes. <laughs> That's your jam. That's nice. my jam. That's my fucking jam. And it feels like someone made this for me specifically do you ever feel like maybe you died and this is some fever dream (laughs) that's like stretching out into eternity and you're just like wow yeah this is all for me did you watch that trailer wes have you seen it 
Yeah, I've seen the trailer. I was a big, big time 90s cartoon show. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I love that show. We actually have all the DVDs for it, yeah, too. I'm yeah, I'm so excited. I, I know it's all on Disney Plus also. But, yeah, I'll definitely rewatch it with this with watch this order. With this watch order. Thank I'm you. excited. Thanks so much. I'll be honest. Like, when the X-Men animated series, when I first saw, like, the first five episodes, I was just, like, not impressed. I was just, How like, old were you? I was, like, 17. Okay. Right, okay. So yeah. I was... and, and I'd already been reading the X-Men comics for, like, five years okay and then i also got a job so i was working most of the time when it was coming so i right. never really gave it a chance but i would watch episodes here and there and i would say okay that one's not bad or that one's pretty good but yeah. the other times i'm all like Ugh. <laughs> compared to the comics at that time it's like super kid friendly yeah, yeah. i was um, exactly the right age for it <laughs> oh yeah no no i mean <laughs> so i was like oh wow i mean it's, it's something i've always wanted to go back to and just kind of really give it its its proper yeah proper proper uh do but I just never have. Well, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. I'm psyched. Get ready for that on upcoming. Get ready for what that. Do you see? What do you say? It's just going to be that. Julian says, I too can relate to being a completionist. I'm trying to cut down on it because it prevents me from enjoying lots of stuff because I want to get into something because I want to do it right, in quotes. Mm. For example, I only watch the original trilogy of Star Wars because when I finally get into it, I want to read every comic, every movie and show and maybe even play the games with a storyline. And that's a pretty huge undertaking. So I keep postponing it. Right now I'm in the that's middle of watching. too watch- much. Just do one of the Yeah. I- <laughs> right now I'm in the middle of watching the entire DCAU. And I want to watch everything in order. Finish the OG Batman the Animated Series and watching the Superman oh. Animated Series. Love but I those. plan to watch Static Shock, both Justice League shows, Beyond, Zeta Project, and even the web series Gotham Girls and Lobo. JLU I- is really good. Just start it with is that. good. We just, watch you that, can yeah. just watch that. Like it's You don't have to do all that. Uh, that Batman animated animated series is so good too. Oh, it is. Man. I it agree. Is. God. It it's is. incredible. He says I had to force myself not to get into the tie-in comics. All that being said, <laughs> listening to full albums rules. Yeah. And I always do it before I listen to songs on my. I don't have time to listen to the entire album, so I just press shuffle playlist. Okay. I'm also trying to stop listening to entire discographies at a time, oh. so I can branch out musically. Yeah. I yeah. think listening to a whole album at one time is a good idea because that's the album as it was meant to be experienced. But like trying to take such a big bite out of something, you're yeah. just going to end up not doing it at all. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not a completionist like that. Like mostly what I'll do is I'll listen to something and then I'll go, oh, that makes me want to check out this yeah, and this and this and again. A different thing. But like usually I don't. I don't know. Some things I, I am like that with. I'm, I'm not really a completionist either. Like sometimes though, like I'll see something and I'll see how much is media is involved in it i'm all like nah i'm gonna skip that right yeah <laughs> when we say completionist we're talking about watching every single thing right or like like is that what we're talking about yeah we yeah. were talking about yeah obsessing over the lore like trying to learn everything like no know it all right like um okay. ross was saying he wanted to watch a star trek thing but then so he went back to the original star trek and watched all of that uh, and why you know what i mean just like, with lords of the rings and my insistence that the silmarillion is actually good actually. oh yeah you know that i, mean? you, I love good. it you yeah. kind of do it stuff as like a that. book yeah. and i think it's fantastic and people are like oh. i'm gonna get through the silmarillion for you danielle Please. I haven't yet to get through it's that so, book. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna get through I, it. You know what? And if you don't enjoy it, that's fine. You don't enjoy it. Like that's fine. But I like it. You know, the last time I tried to read it was in high school. So I think now I, I think it's more like I think I can do it now. And I you don't have I'll to. And you don't it. have to like it or enjoy it. I'm just saying I do. And I think that yeah. the lack of understanding on other people's part towards me is quite frankly appalling. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, I got you. I understand. Thank you. Yeah, I was actually finally able to get through it during the pandemic because I listened to because I listened to it on audiobook. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, did you really? Who was reading it? Was it uh, Christopher Lee? No, he but he did read the Children of Horn. Okay, oh, right nice. on. Okay. Very cool. That one was great. Who, because, so who read it? 
I do not remember. Okay. Uh, but I just liked the the Christopher Lee was one because it was circus. No, okay. it was before Andy Circus did any oh, of his stuff. It was before he did his stuff. You know, okay. Listen to the Christopher Lee ones. Like listen to Saruman telling you a story. Yeah. <laughs> listen to who? Saruman. 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 Lastly, Julian said, "Anyway, the Weird Al biopic was so good." Yes. R.I.P. Gone too soon. He's not dead, right? Is that like a? Is that from the it, the movie? You have to or see the okay. Movie. It makes sense if you see the movie. Thank you, Julian. So good to hear from good you. Good to hear from you. Yeah, thanks a lot. That was epic. And check out that X-Men uh, watch order in the comments. I will check it out, John. I'll do it for you Very and good. for Julian. We got a Hey Damn Guys from Haydenor. Haydenor. Book club member. Yes. Great episode, you cosmic guys. The series is truly incredible. I was getting misty-eyed reading the ending. Though to be fair, the older I've gotten, the more prone I am to bouts of crying over books or movies, etc. Yeah, well, I literally cry every time I see Iron Giant. I don't think you're alone there, though. Yeah, oh, and it's it, such a good movie. Well, and it gets to the, well, I don't want to read this next part because what if there's a spoiler? How old is this movie? No, 30 you can years old? spoilers for Iron yeah. Giant. Okay, I, I cry every time I see Iron Giant and it gets to the sacrifice scene every damn time. Mm-hmm. Can't help it. But this series is one of the few comics that had me tearing up. Also, I got to defend myself a little. I said when the series came out that I dismissed it because I thought Slot was just putting a manic pixie dream girl in a surfer book and calling it a day. But that was mostly because in all the covers and previews I saw, Dawn was in space, chilling with a polka dot dress and a trendy haircut. Yeah. If she had been in a spacesuit or given a weird Kirby style outfit, I wouldn't have had that immediate reaction. But it was still dumb of me to think that, especially with how much Dawn is actually fleshed out as an individual character. Mm, yeah, well, but point. then you also got your wish because the polka dot dress ended up meaning something, oh, which is cool. So yeah, that's that cool. it came yeah. full circle for you. That's fun. He continues. Also, Dan Slott is kind of hit or miss for me as a writer. I liked a couple of his DC books and some of his Spider-Man run was really compelling. Other than that, most of his stuff just kind of fell flat for me. But honestly, with how amazing this book is, I may just have to go back and give him a repraisal on his work. I either didn't read or didn't care for. Yeah, you know, sometimes that happens with me with stuff where I'm yeah. like, let me let me reevaluate this. And on, on another read or another watch, I'm like, oh, actually, I was wrong for not loving this. Right, this is great yeah. because I have a new perspective on life and have like grown in different ways as a person. And I actually think this is cool sure, and compelling yeah. to me personally now. So that's totally valid. Yeah, I um, John has turned me on to so much music that I wouldn't have otherwise listened to. And I'm super grateful for it. So it's probably the same thing with comics. I yeah. think that's totally valid to reevaluate that. Hayden or continues and the art, of course, untouchable. Yeah, I think we can all yeah. agree. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. I can't imagine another artist or artists drawing this book and giving it the same vibe and emotion that the Allreds conjured up on it. Also, this book feels so damn Kirby. I think that was by design. probably. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's definitely yeah, a tribute. Yeah. The ideas behind it, the concepts, the look, the heart, all of it is so curbtastic. Mm-hmm. This is an example of a modern book that I think if Jack Kirby were still alive, he'd read and say, nice. Uh, with a big cigar, he'd be like, nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I'm absolutely getting the omnibus. Yeah. John, you've inspired an individual to get the omnibus of it's this definitely story. Worth it. It's beautiful. Man, yeah. I, want, I, I want to get that omnibus. It's good. Okay. Wow. Hey. Good stuff. Very cool. Thanks, Hayden. That's awesome. Love that. Hey, and that's what the book club is for. You know, yeah. we, we evaluate things together and we, we go on a 
we go on a journey together and and i think that's beautiful yeah i think in terms of dan slot like i might be biased because i've only really read his spider-man stuff and yeah. his silver surfer stuff and both of those were good yeah his spider-man stuff was good yeah those are like the ones that people like so you, you have it yeah so but i but um but i do want to read his she-hulk stuff yes i, I, heard, wanna, I heard that I was heard really, that's good, really too. good i've heard so, that's good and I've, i don't even hear things about anything and right, i've heard that yeah. from someone other than you i don't so, remember who that was that, but. that's one that i want to go back and check out i do know that he did a run on the fantastic four that people did not like really right? I, think, I think that's maybe the one that hayden's referring to okay no i heard not to read his fantastic four run what somebody had said. Oh, to okay. There you go. It wasn't just me. <laughs> I don't really know much about the Fantastic Four other than TV abs. So, okay. <laughs> awesome. well, I wonder. It would be interesting, like if someone, aka you, who had who knows all of the stuff about Fantastic Four, were to read it and be like, "Oh, I have this opinion," and like me, who like hasn't really yeah read much other than like Marvels yeah or whatever you know the stuff that like most people know about yeah. and to read it and i wonder if that would be like different opinions hmm. i don't know yeah i don't know because i wonder if it has to do with like attachment to these characters because i have zero attachment to any of those characters sure mm. sure except I mean, i'll probably get around and read it at some point anyways okay. and i'll probably love it anyways let us know what's going on with that <laughs> i just heard about the casting for the new Fantastic oh, Four. And as someone yeah. who does not give a shit about these characters, I'm fucking pumped. Yeah. As yeah. someone who doesn't care about the Fantastic Four at all, I am fucking psyched. Yeah. I gotta say. Cousin is Ben Grimm. Yeah. Fucking he's really good. I love Vanessa Kirby. I fucking Vanessa love Vanessa Kirby is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I fucking love Pedro Pascal. Yeah. He's and in then, everything now. He's in everything. He's really great. Good for him. He can do no wrong lately. And then Eddie. Yeah. Is fucking from Stranger Things. Yeah. Storm, what yeah. is this man's name? I'm sorry. That's so mean of me um, not to remember this man's name. Somebody look this up. I'm, I feel mean. Well, you don't know the other guy's name either. You called him cousin. Hey, look. <laughs> he would be proud of me for doing that. Have you seen the bear, Wes? I haven't seen the bear. Oh, uh, you should. Look, it's, it's fucking it's great. really good. Joseph Quinn and Ebon Moss Backrack. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Excellent cast. I don't care about the Fantastic Four. I do care about those four actors and how good they are and yeah. that they always do a good job in the stuff that they do. So I'll watch it. Yeah, somebody, um, you know, I was reading on the internet. Everyone was reacting to it. And someone was like, I want to see Tom Holland and <laughs> and uh, what's his name? What was his name? Joseph Quinn? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I want to see them in a scene together. Okay. You know I mean, I why? Okay, Johnny, so Stor Johnny Storm Johnny and Spider-Man. You know what like, I mean? They're like friends. Are they comics. bros? Yeah, That's cool. Yeah, That's fine. That would be cool. Okay. It would be cool to see You that. know, they'll do it. Like yeah. uh, when when uh, Reed helped, you know, get the symbiote suit off Peter, Johnny put him in that uh, Fantastic Four and put the bag over his head and put Kick Me on the back oh, of Oh, he had the... Okay. I actually vaguely know what you're talking amazing about. Amazing bag Which man. is amazing. Yeah, good. It's a testament yeah. to pop culture's staying power that I actually kind of know what you're talking about a little bit. Yeah. Wasn't Wolverine on the Fantastic Four at some point? Yeah, with Spider-Man and the Hulk and Ghost Rider. Yeah. That sounds made up, but I know it's real. So <laughs> I love that. First of all, oh, it was good. <laughs> but this cast, I I would watch these four people in any movie. I don't care what it is. So I don't. It's fine. It might as well be the Fantastic Four. Well, I heard that it was going to be um, set in the sixties, so. though. Well, great, it, love it. It looks kind of sixties. Um, Do it. I, I, I kind of have new a, aesthetic. Let's get a yeah. new aesthetic. I kind of have a theory of what I think is going to happen. Okay. Do you want to hear my theory Go for or it. no? Am Please I, do it. Okay. They're going to get sucked yeah. into a, a negative zone or something. Something. Like I, I think that that it, it's going to be in the sixties. Probably in another dimension. Okay. You know, because they've already opened up the multiverse. All so right. I think maybe they're not even, and then they're going to end up 
they're going to be over there and then they're going to end up in the negative zone or some shit. And then I thought they fixed all that. There was, and then they'll be in the current timeline with everybody yeah, else. And they'll they be like doing timelines anymore. Wasn't Deadpool going to do something? We haven't seen this yet. Though, well, we so don't I know. I don't we know. don't know what's happening. Okay. Well, who knows? Anyway, what I'm saying is I love casting. Yeah. And I think that's great. That's good. It, it wouldn't even matter what the movie was. <laughs> I would see it. I would see it. Just put those four people in a movie. We'll look at it. Or any four people that I know and have seen them in stuff that I like before. Yeah. I'm watching that I'm movie. Watching I don't that. care what the plot is or what it's about. Any of it. I, if you take four people from something I've seen them at least once before and I liked them in that thing, I will watch that. Yeah. We also heard from Mark Tweedell. Mark Tweedell. Book club member. Yes. He said, I haven't ever sent to tell you all about it before, but I was briefly possessed by a pair of chaps and did one back on the Hellboy Book Club podcast on episode 128. It was horrible. It was great and was wonderful, great. and we loved it. I say, old boy, what's all this I hear about this Hellboy Book Club? <laughs> oh, it's a right lark, old bean. Miserney and Mr. Salinas and Loveless host one of those podcast do's wherein they discuss Hellboy. Cool. Blimey, what a jolly good idea. <laughs> Isn't it just? And their listeners, upon orders of the book club, go out and read a set book. And the following Senite, they all report back with their thoughts and everyone has a merry old chinwag. Giggle mugs abound. Tis such a delightful club. Its members soon become right chuckaboos. It's bang up to the elephant. Dear fellow, you laid that out so clearly. This Hellboy book club sounds exactly my sort of particular pink. Yeah, that we was really good. That was great. We that loved it. Really good, Mark. We loved it. We loved Yay. It. Julian responded and he said, I'm sorry that being possessed was not a great experience, but I remember laughing so much while listening to that on the bus <laughs> that some people were looking at me weird. <laughs> Worth it. Yeah. There you go. Well, I mean, you're on the bus. Yeah. I kind of feel like that's their fault for thinking <laughs> there wouldn't be someone weird on the bus. Weird on the bus. <laughs> like you're on a bus. What do you think's going to happen? I've ridden the bus many, many times. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you know. I think I was the weird person on the bus, maybe. Yeah. yeah. It's fine. Lastly, I did want to talk about this comment uh, and retweet that we got from Tom Brevort. Oh. Tom Brevort. Book club member, Book club. apparently. Yeah, and, okay. And one-time editor at Marvel Comics. Yeah. He was responsible for the Silver Surfer series getting made. Yeah. Nice. So he said, great job. Glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. Oh, so, shit. Yeah, he listened cool. to, that's awesome. to our finale episode. Fucking so. awesome. That's really cool. Thank you, awesome. sir. Thank so you. Much, Very nice. Awesome. Hey. All right. All right. Now we can move on to our next segment. What do you see? What do you say? All and right. we've already been talking about a lot of the things that we've been seeing and saying so far. It's been kind of sprinkled throughout the episode. And that's fine. Sometimes we do that. That's okay. That's okay. Because I'm the arbiter of that. And I say it's okay. I'm so fucking psyched for Dune Part 2. I know I don't have to actually say that out loud because all of you already fucking know that. So I demanded to see Dune no less than three fucking times in the theater, the Dune part one when it came out, because I was like, we're seeing this in the IMAX and we're going to see it again and we're going to see it another time. And I was so fucking excited. And so I read online somewhere, I can't even remember, it was probably Twitter or something, that they were reissuing Dune part one in back into the IMAX. And I literally just said, hey, John, I'm going to buy us two tickets to see <laughs> Dune Part 1 for the fourth time in the IMAX. Do you want to go with me? Yeah. I'm buying two tickets. And he was like, yes. Yeah. So I was like, okay, we're going to go do this. And we show up. There's there's nobody in the fucking theater. And I'm like, hey, John, like there's I expected kind of more of a turnout for the reissue of Dune Part 1. And he goes, Daniel, it's Super Bowl Sunday. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. People are either at church or watching the Super Bowl. <laughs> and I was like, oh, 
I didn't. I was just so fucking excited to see this movie for yeah. the fourth time in the theater, which I've never done with any movie. I'm really excited for Dune Part Two. I can't fucking wait, and I'm really super excited. You you've already bought us tickets to it. Yes, we're gonna see uh, Tenet. Because that didn't get a theatrical release, or we... it did get a theatrical it release, did. but a lot of people missed it because it was we during, didn't go. It was during the height of the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, and we were like, "What? I don't know about we that." Didn't, we yeah. didn't go. Yeah, so. but I'm really excited to see that in the theater on the big screen on the IMAX. I can't wait. I'm yeah. really super psyched. It's be you know, so Tenet. Well, um, when we went to go see Dune, they we got like a little preview. There was like an extra thing. Oh, where there they was an show, extra thing. They showed some footage from the next movie. Now, that as, was pretty cool. As you know, if you've or a long-time listener, I don't watch trailers. Yeah. I don't ca- want to see that. I just want to go see the movie. I'm already going to watch the movie. I don't need to see this trailer. I, to John's surprise, stuck around Yeah, and was super psyched to see the preview. Um, what I did not like about it was they had <laughs> like three separate times before they showed it, three very different shot on clearly different days by different crews, weird interviews with right. like cast members and then also the director who's charming and lovely and amazing director and very good at his job and, and just amazing artist but it's very it awkward just, and it weird just seemed very awkward and yeah. like don't do that <laughs> like i know i'm gonna see a preview i'm literally sitting here about to watch it you don't need to tell me that it's an exciting sci-fi adventure <laughs> or anything like that okay we just sat through the movie i just fucking watched this movie like don't <laughs> and it's also like stay tuned for a thing i know yeah like i know that but other than that i'm like i am not the kind of person to watch previews sneak peeks i don't like trailer i don't want to see that i was bang up for it yeah. i was so fucking psyched and i left that theater being more psyched about this movie than I have been for anything in a long ass goddamn time. I can't wait. Yeah. Um, I loved it. We've seen the movie a couple times. Like we've watched it, you know, a lot on at home, <laughs> you know, on the, on the TV. He gave me a look listeners. So, um, but when we were rewatching it, one thing that was remarkable to me and I was, I was talking to Danielle about this was, you know how movies, um, a lot of superhero movies, a lot of sci-fi movies, when they start off, they do the Lords of the Rings thing it's where they so have bad and what and it's and not good. Five thousand years ago, Ugh. this battle happened. Anthony and, Hopkins uh, is going to tell you all yeah, about it, or something like that. <laughs> okay, you know what I mean? All and, right. and it's on a lot of these fantasy movies. It's too much. And, it's not good. And they also do it on Dune, but it's like Better. perfect. Perfect. We just watched the David Lynch one, mm, and a literally, no literally, a face pops up in space and tells you, you know, the Side whole note, backstory. What po- probably wasn't him though. I know they yeah. edited that to fuck, but still. But on this one, like they do such a great job with it's that. So good. It's like the most tactful and, and masterful way to. I'll tell you why. Disseminate all that information because it's part of the actual narrative. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's seamless. It's in line with the right. way that the story, the way that storytelling is done throughout the fucking movie. The cinematography, everything, the voiceover, it's all the same tone. Right. It's not. A, a separate part of the fucking movie that you have to sit through to exactly. get to the actual yes, movie. Yes, yes, yeah. The That's... part of the movie that you have to sit through before you get to the movie sucks. Yeah. This gets you psyched to watch the rest of the movie. You're so excited to see this movie. Yeah. And that's the difference. It's really cool the way they do that part. It's just like, they're like, oh, I, man, they show you know? that and you're like, why well, can't wait to get into this movie? Yeah, I but, can't it's, wait. but it's an info dump. But they anyway. Yeah, but it doesn't like, feel like it. It doesn't feel it like doesn't it. feel like it. So, yeah, next time you rewatch that, if you're going to rewatch it in preparation, take note of that scene and how well how 
how little words they just dump all this information in. You know it's what I so mean? It's so few lines. It's yes. so few lines that they sum up so much information and you get it. And I feel that this particular director, much like Christopher Nolan, which is probably why they like each other so goddamn much, is they trust their audience. Right. Yeah. Christopher Nolan and Denny Villeneuve, they fucking trust their audience. They're they're like they're not dumb. They're not trying to they're, hold your hand through it. Yeah, they're here to see this movie. Yeah, they're we're gonna trust them because they trust us, and they're gonna you're gonna have yeah. a good experience with the movies. It's just vibes. Yeah, they don't want to over explain shit because over explaining shit is not fun or cool. Yeah, and doesn't feel good. It's not a good way to start the movie. No, yeah. and it's just like or throughout the movie even yeah. even if you have a whole fucking movie that's just vibes. I'm so down for that. Let me interpret it. I want to. Yeah. You know? And I think that that's part of why I like these guys so much is that they do movies that are just fucking vibes. Yeah. It's so cool. And I also bought the popcorn bucket. He did, listeners. He did, listeners. We've got the popcorn bucket. And at first, he goes, I'm getting this popcorn bucket. I was like, all right. And then when he brought it home, he handed it to me. I was like, you know what? I like this little guy. I put him I put him right here on top of the book. He's on top. There's this um He's on the there, media shelf. There's this waist high bookshelf that we have a bunch of uh DVDs and Blu-rays and stuff. I put him on top of there next to the big Lords of the Rings yeah. box set. And you know what? I like him. It's I changed my mind about the Shia Halud popcorn bucket. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think I would. I'm like, this is so fucking stupid. I can't believe you bought this. But then yeah. when we put it on the shelf, I was like, I love him. Yeah. He belongs here. <laughs> yes. He's home. Good stuff. Dumb. Um, so dumb. But you know what? I'll cop to it. Yeah. So rewatch Dune. Um, I've also been listening to some music. The Kills God Games. Oh, right. Um, yeah. We're going to go see them live. Yeah. We'll and so we're going to go see show. The Kills. And I picked up their new album. And I'm so excited for it. And I've just been listening to this album on repeat. And I'm really loving it. So there was a new Pearl Jam song. We talk so about Pearl, good. We talk about Pearl Jam every once in a while. A uh, Dark Jam Matter song. just came out. I'm really excited for that. Yeah. And then on the other side of the spectrum, there's there was a new Dua Lipa song. New Dua Lipa song. Training season. I would so. say they're the opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Well, I got something for your rock and rollers and something for your yeah. pop music yeah. aficionados. There you go. That's about it for me. What What about you, Aubrey? Well, I remember like I I, I saw that the new the new Pearl Jam song was out and I was like jamming it and I was like, yeah, I got a Texas to John. But I was driving for work and then like as soon as I get to the place I'm going, I look at John had he texted sent me. It to you. He yeah. sent it to me. <laughs> I was just like, I was just about to send this to That's you. That's the two of you in a nutshell oh. absolutely so such a great song it's though. really awesome oh, so yeah. i'm psyched this album we've been going back and watching some uh some older movies we watched uh willow again okay oh, wow yeah. val kilmer val kilmer val yeah. kilmer warwick davis, warwick davis. joe and wally before she was joe and wally kilmer okay uh, okay that's where they met oh um uh, just, you know that's just another example of a movie that doesn't actually have hold your hand you know he's like yeah. evil queen wants to Kill all, kill this baby, and bam! Yeah, yeah. I remember um, the morphine scene at the end of that was like a huge deal. At the start. Yeah, when they turned to pigs. Yeah, that was really oh, cool. That scene was so good. Doesn't Cersei turn people into pigs? Yes, correct. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's green bed moda. He's talking about ancient. Um, oh yes, ancient. Yes, ancient mm-hmm. lore. Yeah. Um, yeah, but and the movie just like it holds up pretty well. I mean, you know, it's not like some three-hour epic, but it's it feels big and epic. Yeah. When I was a kid, it's that movie felt a... really like whoa, man. Yeah. I want to yeah. watch that. Yeah, that's such a good movie. Yeah, so uh, we watched that, and then <laughs> for some reason, we watched Smokey and the Bandit. 
Oh, okay. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. And you know, I incredible. I was like, I remember what we were watching. I was like, oh, there's this whole scene where um Sally Field gets to drive the car. Yeah. She's fucking badass. She's like, <laughs> he's all like, let me get a scoot over. She's like, <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Uh but I was as we were watching it, I was like, because it only has that one iconic song in it. But like if this he's were to come if this were to come out again. today, it would be come out with like a classic soundtrack to go with it or something oh, yeah, like for sure. yeah, all the big hits or some shit like that and i'm just like be done we got a long way to go and a short time to get there where eastbound and watch old bandit run uh, and then um you know they announced that new uh, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, and so Kathy. Oh yeah, it's gonna be fucking dope. Kathy hasn't seen any of the what any of them, and I've only seen the first one. So we start. Okay. We started Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Nice. We finished that last night, and then we started Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. But I'm like, I have to go to bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a long one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we also rewatched the first we sure one. Did. We okay. watched the first one. I so, forget. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that yeah. up. As a kid, and this baffled my mother. I fucking love the original the very first one the planet of the apes movie yeah i fucking with charlton has with charlton has i fucking love that movie as a kid and yeah. i would watch that movie over and over again like does like i would i would watch jurassic park on repeat i would watch you know what i mean independence on repeat. i would watch that movie and it would be like sunday and she'd be like you're watching this movie again <laughs> this movie's so boring and old i don't understand why you like this movie and i'm like it's just great and like my i don't know i think that's my dad he really turned me yeah. on to all these old sci-fi things and whatever and he would always take me to the theater as a kid he would take me to see he took me to see independence day he took me to see all this you know whatever so like all this like we would watch Jurassic park together independence day together and when he showed me all these old movies like like planet of the apes and all this stuff and i really developed a, an appreciation for just slow weird fucking yeah. movies about people in ape masks like i just <laughs> it's great and so i did not like the one from the Tim Burton. No, I did not like that. So when these new ones came out, the previews looked really yeah. like good. I was like, okay, so like that was one where I was like, well, I don't care about this, so I will watch the trailer. And because I didn't care about it, I feel like that made it so that I enjoyed it more sure. when mm -hmm. I saw it because I was like, I don't give a fuck about this. This is just gonna be a fucking whatever movie, and it was, and I was like, great. So I've seen the first one and the second one, and obviously haven't seen this one that hasn't come out yet we watched all we of did them, we yeah. watched the third one yeah but oh really that was the one, one with no that was the one with what's his name uh the uh woody harrelson oh yeah yeah he's I that guy he, i think he's in the third he's one, the guy yeah. who's like i'm gonna kill all these apes yeah oh. right <laughs> well we only watched that like one time so i guess we should rewatch that before the fourth one comes out yeah, yeah. but yeah. that trailer be, looks good yeah and trailer does look good yeah um I mean, and by good, I mean like just a stupid, ridiculous movie about apes. Yeah. I can't yeah. wait. I just fucking love the idea of apes taking over the planet. Well, it was it's funny. so dumb. I love it. It was funny. It's like when we were watching the movie. Okay, I love the movie. It's great. It's we great. Were, it's great and all that. But we were watching. They're like, you know, the very beginning. Like, there's that one ape that goes kind of crazy. You know, bright eyes, and she's like starts going crazy. And they're like, oh, we don't know what happened. They're like, oh, look, there's a baby in here. She was just protecting her kid. I'm like, how the fuck are you experimenting on an ape? for yeah, a while do you not, know, not that? know that she's pregnant that's really also like the cell that that ape was in is so small yes yeah. you would obviously know what's going on yeah but anyway that's anyway. dumb especially if you're like that guy who ostensibly cares so much about these apes you would be tracking that very yeah, carefully yeah. and then it's like then it flashes forward to like months later and like 
uh, Caesar's living there and he's got his whole setup and everything. And it's just like, but you know, he doesn't get it to get out of the house. Like, how does he not have a support network? <laughs> right. There's no <laughs> way you would have an ape in a house and nobody would know it. Yeah. There's no fucking way a chimpanzee yeah. would be in somebody's house and you wouldn't know about it. I mean, these... also that scene where he's swinging around getting cookies out of the jar and stuff that reminds me of baby Hellboy. Nice. I don't know why. Oh yeah. You were saying that. I don't yeah. know why. I feel like yeah. he would be like that. I feel like he would be like a little monkey kid. But I mean, those are those are just two little nitpicky things. But I mean, ultimately, I love that movie. I thought. Oh, I have good. a thousand billion nitpicky. <laughs> I can't stop talking through that movie yeah. about how stupid it is. Of course, <laughs> the movie's stupid the whole way through. That's why I like it. Yeah, yeah. Um, what about you, Wes? What are you seeing, and what are you saying? What am I seeing? We haven't talked to you for a while. What are some recent recommendations you have? Jeez, recent recommendations. I mean, I've I've read a lot, but I watch a lot of little toddler shows. Aww. <laughs> Aww. Like what? Do you watch Bluey? Oh, I love Bluey. Bluey's so I love Bluey. I put we put Bluey on for the bird. Yeah. She loves yeah, it. Bluey's great. Good. It's a great Bluey's show. Good. It's actually a good show. It is a great show. And there's yeah, like a YouTube channel where it'll just play it's it all just day. It's all Bluey all day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Bluey's good. Like it's, it's quality. a great show. Like, That's a quality show. Definitely takes their time and develop it's it. It's very watchable like as an adult. So I can imagine like, you know, as a parent watching these kids shows all day you probably want to blow your brains out eventually but that's one show that i feel is like oh this is actually a very tolerable show yeah yeah <laughs> yeah bluey you could watch he actually my son has been liking watching rugrats so i've been, I've been oh okay. wow. wow it was fun to rewatch those wow. episodes that's man that was a good show i love <laughs> was that. it a good show yeah yeah i, I didn't it was, watch it, it. Was it is funny yeah, okay it yeah it's funny. pretty funny I, don't, I must have missed that show. I don't know. Yeah. I liked Aura man, Monsters. A... I did see that show. Oh, man. Aura Monsters so good. So good. I didn't watch that one. It's about oh, monsters. It's great. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. All of those All of those came out like way too late for me. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. What yeah. are some yeah, of the yeah, other shows, though, that you are watching that? What's, what's a show that you're like, I fucking can't stand the show. But my kid loves this show, so I'll put it on. I mean, Blippi is not that bad, but I really don't <laughs> like what well, like he asked to watch Blippi. You know, I don't know like, what Blippi is. Oh, okay. Can you do a brief synopsis? One sentence. Blippi's, it's kind of like, I mean, you know, Blue's Clues? I, I, it's like, um, it's basically. I do know what Blue's Clues it's is. It's a guy that goes to like amusement parks or he'll go and do, and he'll just talk about trucks and he'd be like, oh. Is it a real guy? Cool. Yeah, it's a real guy. Okay, well, it's so a real guy. It's Disney, not animated. Disney bought his identity and oh, now they're doing animated God. versions of him. But so, um, no. So he had what was this a guy that like had a YouTube channel and he's just yeah. like, I'm going to talk about trucks a lot. And Disney was yep. like, we're buying you. We're yeah. buying this he, man. OK, yep, that's exactly wow. what happened. And he sold. Wow. Himself, or he sold his identity. But uh, oh, I hear a bang. <laughs> you got to put some blippy on, put know, some blippy on quick. <laughs> yep. So I don't know. That's so I don't know. Blippy Blippy's fine. But he'll want to watch like um, there's some, there's a couple of shows that were just like no, he right, asks for Blippi. He says, "Dad, put Blippi on." Yeah, he'll be like, "Can I? I want to watch dump trucks, or I want to watch." Blippi. Oh man! Like, okay, <laughs> and then I'll like go and trucks. put stuff on, and then he'll see Rugrats, and he'll be like, "I want to watch that." And I'm like, "All right, let's watch Rugrats." For sure. <laughs> watch Rugrats. So John's pulled up a man in suspenders and a bow tie and a hat and glasses. Yeah, that's wow. him. Big glasses. Orange and blue. Yep. I see wow. Blippi here. Okay. All right. I'm starting to understand <laughs> the situation that you are in. He looks so obnoxious. Yeah. Uh, what else have you been checking out, Wes? So I don't know, like personally. So Mark Laszlo just yesterday, I think, or two days ago, he just came out with his um, The Knickknack Man. And it's not oh, wow. published anywhere. He just put the pages like high resolution up on his oh. Facebook and wow. you can read through it. And it's really good. Oh, 
Okay. Oh, really good. Wow. So like Julian mentioned um, Jenny Finn. It's like got that kind of vibe, like super weird. That's good. Yeah. It's fun. I love Mark. Awesome. Mark's awesome. He does some cool yeah, stuff. Yeah, he's amazing. Awesome, Wes. I'll have to check that out. That's a good recommendation. I forgot. I read the first two issues of our Bones Dust. Oh, okay. Oh, have yeah, you I've been reading that. Wes? Yeah, I got issue three. I'm going to read it tonight. Yeah, I haven't gotten it. Maybe I'll get it this weekend. Issue three just came out. Yeah. But man, Ben Stenbeck, he's doing some amazing work on that. I think that's yeah, definitely I... something we should cover on yeah. the podcast. Oh, yeah. you know what? Um, recently, I think, I don't know if it was this show or another show, we talked about Lawrence Campbell's new book, and I think I said it was called The Six Fingers. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be the second part, but the part that's out right now is called The One Hand. Oh, okay. so um, the one hand I think is the first part, and then the six fingers is going to be the second part. So, okay. but but so check out the one hand uh, okay. at your local comic book store. Um, you have anything else, Wes? I mean, that's pretty much. I can do like another self-published guy is Matt Emmons, who I've been following a bunch. He, he's I just read his "Those That Inherit the Earth." He just did a Kickstarter, but it's like post-apocalyptic, like animals inherit the earth and like what they do. But maybe there's a human or like a ghost or a creepy like weird deformed so his stories are fun nice like who was that again guy. give me that name again matt emmons okay nice i'll link both of those i'll link the mark laszlo facebook post and matt emmons in the show notes awesome all right and now we're gonna go on to our book club episode for the week and i'm being swallowed by shy halud <laughs> oh no I, yeah it's true i'm 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 slowly being swallowed up by by Shai Hulud. It's it's happening. Well, bless the maker. Why did you put yeah, it on? You should have yeah. never put it on your DVD. Case. Just the coming and going of him, you know? Like, I serve only one master. Uh, His name is Shai Hulud. Alright. We're glad to have Wes back on so we can continue our discussion of Baltimore. It's been a while since we've come back to this series. We kind of took a break for the holidays, and then we just had a bunch of stuff going on, so I'm so glad to return to it. And this was such a good story. So yeah, we can go ahead and get into it. Yeah, things start to really pick up. Oh, on a... On a like, what do you see? What do you say? I've been on the Discord a lot lately. Um, like, Julian Zamos is there. Mark Tweedell's in there. Oh, he has his um, he has his Hellboy Discord channel, right? Yeah. So, well, they have they have it inside. I mean, there's been a Discord channel since like I think it's started in 2019 or 2018. Nice. Um, they just cover a bunch of Mignolaverse stuff. Julian Zamos has been doing the like a book club reading. He's been going through reading. So I like I've been in there just doing Baltimore. So he, he's been, he made a whole like share and shared it with me an Excel spreadsheet with, you know, just timeline stuff for Baltimore and things like oh, that. Oh, wow. So, so oh, I've been wow. chit-chatting with him. So it's been cool. You know, <laughs> that's awesome. So, so I don't know. It's been cool. It's been cool chatting with him and, and doing stuff like that. And, uh, but he's helped out a little bit where I've been reading some of what he put together. Yeah, that's really cool. Helpful. It's so it's so cool that, all, you know, everyone knows each other and they all hang out together outside of the show. That's awesome. Even if it's like virtually or whatnot, you know, it's yeah. so cool. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I almost like in the past two weeks, I've chatted with him like almost every day, maybe a week and a half. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh nice. <laughs> Just like little stuff, you know? Right. So anyways, yeah. So we're reading Baltimore, the cult of the Red King, like things like you said, John, things pick up. So this starts getting really fun. It starts getting serious, right? It's snow, it's snowballing. Yeah. So the writer of this was Mike Mignola and Christopher Golden. We get Peter Berting on this. Yes, um, he's back. Yeah, he's back. And it's good. This stuff is good, man. It starts right oh, away. Yeah. Like page one oh, yeah. is beautiful. And he does the cover too, right? Doesn't he? Isn't this, yes. This is him on the cover, right? I believe so. Publication date, May 6th, 2015. The cover is, we sort of get that red figure that we saw when in the 
Chapel of Bones, yeah, you know, painting. But he's like looking at a sailboat and stuff like that. Little nod to some of the stuff that we're going to see. So yeah. previously on Baltimore, on the Adventures of Baltimore, we had uh, most recently we read Wolf and the Apostle. Yeah, the Wolf and the Apostle. Um, but I'm going to take us all the way back to Witch of Harju, where we met a zombie man, right? The witch in a town called Harju. And then the wife of the zombie was a woman, Sophia Volk, who ends up joining the crew, right? Because the crew oh, saves right. her. Oh, right. Yes. She starts to become a prominent figure. Uh, we get a couple new faces in here as well. Harish, who we saw, and Harish, you know, he was in The Witch of Harju and helped save Sophia as well. He was part of that crew. And then right. we also have Kid. <clears throat> who's like that big dude with the sledgehammer, Mr. Kid. It, has he been in the series before? I, I somehow don't remember him. So like I, he didn't have a backstory. And this is where I was like, who, like I reached out to Julian. I was like, dude, like where did they, was, what's the kid's backstory? So no, but he's in the epilogue in Chapel of Bones. Oh, so, you know, in the okay. epilogue where Hodge comes back and they're like catching Hodge up. Like there's a group in there and Harris is in right. There as that, well. That's the formation of the Baltimore bros. Yeah. The Baltimore bros. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, dude. His, and then he took his heart out and he handed it to us and it was, and it was iron. Yeah. He just dropped oh, it on the he's desk. He's in that scene. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're like all in that scene. So nice. So more recently we Baltimore went to find out what happened with werewolf Duvik, where Duvik turned into a werewolf, right? That's where we see Rigo. So he goes to this hospital where Rigo is and he's all scarred up and Rigo tells his story, but Baltimore is there to kill Rigo, right? We know Baltimore is there to kill Rigo, but at the right. end of it, Rigo ends up joining the Baltimore bros and becomes part of the, part of the crew. Yes. And then they walk off. And then like we find out that the Baltimore crew is sort of broken up into two factions to go on missions. Um, yes. I, yeah. I have a proposal for the remainder of this episode. I'd like to, them to be referred to as team Baltimore and Team Ice Cross. I think Sounds good to me. Team Baltimore, <laughs> Team Ice Cross. Those are the perfect. two teams. <laughs> All right. That sounds perfect. All right, so Team Baltimore receives a letter from a priest in St. Petersburg, Russia, and they're going to go there. He says there's witches there. They need to come check it out or whatever, right? So they're going to go there and see what's going on. And then at the same time, they need to figure out where the Red King started. So the Ice Cross crew goes to do research on that and tries to figure out where the red king had started. Right. So right. we, yeah. we pick up with, um, with the ice cross crew in issue one, but all this is inferred, right? Like that's not explicitly. No, not from the beginning. Yeah. You catch up on it as you read it. It kind of throws yeah. you in there and you're like, wait a minute, what's going on? It took me a second to get my footing, but I liked it though. I, I thought yeah. it was really cool. And it made me go back and go, Oh yeah, there's two teams and it's cutting back and forth between the two teams of the bros. Yeah, that was yep. uh yeah, it took me a second on that too, but yeah, no, it was really good. Yeah, I know. And that this would be like the issues would come out like once every three months. Maybe maybe it came out more more recently, like depending on, you know, the year, it'd be like one a month. Something like that. But I would I would be re I would start reading an issue and I'd be like, what the heck is going on? Why is yeah. we're just like coming out of nowhere? I'd be like, did I miss something? And I would like go back and read and I would be like pulling issues out, trying to figure it out. But no, I mean this is Mignola, right? He he trusts us to figure it out and Yeah. Yeah. So but yeah, we open in Rome, Italy, May twenty seventh, nineteen twenty. This is just after they would have met with Hodge in that office and shown Baltimore's heart. Oh, okay. They are looking for a church. When they find the church, it's been burned down. I love this drawing of the pigeon with a missing eye and like Right. Yeah, yeah. I was sitting there thinking this pigeon needs some antibiotic. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, everything's being affected by the plague, right? So. Get that pigeon some penicillin. <laughs> yep. So they find the church and it's been burned down. And then Hodge is like, you know, in my notes, this isn't actually the original location. Let's go. I love the storytelling, though, because it's like, I hate to tell you this, but this might not be the original site. And so Dr. Rose is like, well, tell me we didn't come all this way for nothing. And then they cut to where they're coming into this other dude's house. And it's like, oh, I'm getting it. You know what I mean? Like, this must be the real. Anyway, I just like that shift in the storytelling. Yeah, and I love this other dude. He's a little bit like Kramer, like Kramer here, more or less. Yeah. He's Italian. <laughs> He's got some ornate rug that, like, looks indigenous. Oh, wow. You know? I didn't even notice that. Oh, yeah, there's his... got to be some significance to that. I don't know. It's Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was trying to figure it out, but it's fun. Uh-huh. I mean, his, his whole library is awesome. Yeah. Seems like a cool dude. He's super nonchalant, too. He's, like, super rude to them. He's like, why are you banging on my door, man? <laughs> and then they, they're not really you know, pleasant either. They just plow their way in. Right. <laughs> well, I like how he, he's like writing in his book and then all of a sudden they like bang on the door and he's like, <laughs> and he's like, damn it. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then there, Mr. Kids just with the sledgehammer ready to get to work. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. Well, Hodge kind of acts like a badass too. He's like cleaning his glasses, talking to him. And he's like, yeah, that's a good little scene. So they come in. Hodge finds a draft right away. He asked Mr. <laughs> Kid to, you know, do do away with the bookshelf that's in front of the draft. And he does. He smashes the bookshelf. And it's like, no, and then, please, it's not allowed. Yeah. <laughs> and then they talk, and well done, Hodge. So, and they open it up and it's this massive library, right? That's really cool. Yeah, it's super awesome looking. The Blasphemers yeah. Library? Yeah, Hodge, uh, Mr. Kid calls it the Blasphemers Library. So I think like there, it's like a secret library that's not allowed in the Vatican, but it's Vatican owned and it's like offsite. And it's, or like wow, that's what they suggest yeah. in this, right? Where he says, you know, the secret apocrypha, which means the secret hidden writings. So it's the secret, secret hidden writings. <laughs> So all grimoires and histories that the Vatican owns but doesn't want it inside their walls, they put in this location. But they talk about they're here to find Manitho's writings on the cult of the Red King. So Manitho's a real guy, oh. believed to be an Egyptian priest from, I'm going to mess up all, this, all these names, from Sebenoitos, uh, who lived in the uh, Ptolemaic kingdom in the early third century BC during the Hellenistic period. And he like wrote out the history of Egypt. Oh, that's wow. cool. Yeah. So I guess he's a real guy. So obviously the book of the Red King isn't real, but they're looking for this. And the Italian guys, for this, you break my shelves. Manitho's later works are nothing but scribbles. The only thing you will learn from him about the Red King is the name of the city where the cult began. And then we hear Dr. Rose is like, actually, that's precisely what we're looking for. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny how like nonchalantly he's like, well, the only thing you're going to find is the original site where the cult started. Oh, good. Thanks. <laughs> good. Perfect. Tell us right now. Have you read the book? Can you just tell us? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and that's the end of that interaction. Then we jump to a big cargo ship where like we haven't seen Ice Cross's ship, right? This is the first time we see his big cargo ship. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Oh, wait. No, maybe there were glimpses of it in the flashback when Baltimore was talking about Oh, and he when was standing I on him, him. Maybe. I don't know. I thought that was yeah. in the book. Maybe I'm confusing the book with the, with the comic. I, I think well, there, there, is a, there is a scene with him on the comic where he's on a ship on his way home. Yeah. And I think Ice Cross is in it, but maybe not. But like you see, it's kind of a similar ship, but I don't think this ship exists. But I could be wrong. Maybe, maybe okay. people know ships better than me, but I tried to find this ship. 
Yeah, oh, I wow. A bunch of ships <laughs> from the 1920s to see if I could find this ship. Yeah, so they get on the ship. Demetrius, Ice Cross, asks where our journey takes us next. Uh, North Africa, Demetrius, Dr. Rose says. We'll cross the Mediterranean to Carthage tonight. Full moon. It's always a full moon in Baltimore. Always. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's part of the magic. Yep. Totally. So then we jump to a new scene. Sun is rising. Look at the colors. Uh, colors by Dave Stewart. Oh. Wow. Um, but then we jump. Yeah. So we jump to the Baltimore crew. We're in the Baltic Sea sailing towards St. Petersburg. So they're heading towards St. Petersburg. They received a letter from a priest or whatever to come and check out something. Something is bad. And there's witches there or something like that. Mm. Just in case the Baltic Sea is a body of water in Northern Europe connected to the Atlantic Ocean through the Danish Straits. It touches countries along the Baltic Sea, including Sweden, Finland, Russia, Estonia, Latvia, Poland, Germany, Denmark, others. Um, it butts up with the Gulf of Finland, which ports right at St. Petersburg. So they're going to go Baltic Sea to Gulf of Finland into St. Petersburg, hypothetically. Mm. Baltimore and Childress are just chatting. Childress tells Baltimore he needs to chill out and take a deep breath. He needs to calm down. It seems like intense. Mm-hmm. Baltimore goes on about how he no longer has anyone left in the world or at least no one who knew him as he was. And Childress gets offended by this. They've known each other since they were boys. He says this to Baltimore and sort of just walks off. He's like, dude, I'm right here, man. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he's pissed. Sophia intervenes. We know Sophia. She was the wife of the zombie man from the Witch of Harju. She intervenes with Baltimore and tells him he was being a little harsh. Um, But Baltimore says childhood was so long ago. That boy that he was, he doesn't even remember being part of who. You know, whether he knew it at all, whether it's part mm. of him at all. Back in the in the background, we get Harish and Rigo watching. Harish comments that Lord Baltimore is troubled and they should give him some privacy. I like how they're just like back there watching what's going on. Yeah. Well, Rigo's like, is that what he needs? Privacy? And like, he's like, you know, maybe he needs a friend. Yeah. Maybe yeah. he needs his, his bros. Yeah. But when it yeah, also, but it also cuts over to uh, Childress walking alone by himself and right. meet somebody. Yeah. Yeah. We just have this random chick down below decks hanging out hello handsome man you don't look happy is anyone happy these days there are (laughs) cures for unhappiness my name is zoya she's like drinking Mm -hmm. a huge glass of whiskey maybe i don't know yeah i'm assuming it was whiskey (laughs) so we jump back to ice cross's ship sailing southward on the mediterranean sea with dr rose mr kid hodge and mr marchand we have we have another new face mr marchand yeah um and ice cross it's storming outside and ice cross steps out of the helm to talk to the men that are outside. It's raining. Mr. Marchand comments, what everyone is feeling is that it's fate, like a beacon drawing near. It's fate, says Mr. Kid. We're headed right for it. If we had any sense, we'd be sailing in the other direction. Dr. Rose says, you know as well as I do that you could travel in any direction these days and never find a safe harbor. Mm, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they're all getting like weird vibes out there. They're like, oh, man, something fucked up is about to happen. We can feel it. Yeah. Yeah, they feel some weird stuff. And then I had to look up the red flag with the Union Jack up in the corner. Oh, yeah. So that's called a red duster flag. I don't know. The red ensign is a characterized by its red flag with the Union Jack in its top left corner. Symbolizes patriotism and strength. Oh, mm. Okay. I didn't know that. Good good little catch there. Yeah, I don't know what that symbolizes. So if anybody's from the UK and knows, you know, why anybody would fly that as opposed to something else. But yeah, it's got to be there for a reason, I feel like. We jump back to the sailboat with Baltimore and his crew sailing through the Baltic Sea. We see that Childress has uh, found a way to get a little happy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, was the, that was the cure for happiness. 
I like how it's not too graphic too. It's like, you know, it's, you know, for the most part. Pretty you, yeah, you, yeah. You, you get what's happened. We're all adults here, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They had a pillow fight and then they went to bed. Yep. They were like, oh, my, my, we should probably do the laundry. They went and did the laundry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we should probably put our clothes in the laundry. All, they got all sweaty doing the pillow fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So then we see Zoya carving uh, Childress into a wooden doll. Uh, um, as soon as I saw that, I was like, no, I like Childress. And I think like, um, I don't know. I, I haven't read the lighter two issues, so I'm just like worried something bad is going to happen to him. Yeah, fair. should worry. This is definitely, this is definitely <laughs> not, you know. It's not bode well that his name's being carved into a wooden doll. No, it doesn't. Bad news. So up top, Sophia comments to Harish about it feeling cold. Harish is, says it's to be expected, right? They're in, you know, they're by Russia. Um, Judge Rigo is at the edge of the boat praying, and Sophia and Harish interrupt him. Rigo explains that he's praying for their protection, that there are demons out in the water. Sophia says there are monsters everywhere we turn. That's why we fight. But it's not why he fights, Rigo says. What are mm. you saying? Questions Harish. And Sophia explains that Baltimore blames himself for the new age of monsters and the evil spreading across the world. And then they do. I like how she's like smoking a cigarette while she's explaining. She's kind of yeah. And like when he says there are monsters in the water, did you catch a glimpse of something? Like I started zooming in. I was like, is there something in the water? Like it just makes it. it it's just like. It just gives you this sense of dread, like really everywhere is dangerous. They're, they're not safe yeah. anywhere. I mean, there's monsters in the water now in our yeah. normal experiencing of life. Yeah. Uh, yeah, in no. this, where there's actually <laughs> monsters everywhere, the monsters that are in the water are probably ridiculously scary. I'm not going in the water. There's no way I would be going in the water or going on a sailboat. <laughs> so then we get like um, we get in, like a whole retelling of Baltimore's interaction with the vampires. I love this shit. I love this scene, um, the colors, and uh, I, I want to go back and compare some of these to the Ben Stenbeck, right? Because he yeah. originally did it in the yeah Ben Stenbeck did it yeah in the what was it called the first one the plague ships yeah the plague ships yeah yeah, yeah I'll Peter, have to do some Peter side by side comparisons Peter on these. When I was reading this, I was like. John's going to be doing some side-by-side comparisons. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love it. But I, I I don't know if it's framed this red originally, um, but it just looks so. amazing. Yeah, like it wasn't, it but maybe really it is. Cool. I know there was red. I feel like there was red. But Peter Berting's like vampires, like his birds were awesome. His, van- his yeah. vampire bats are awesome. The kites. Yeah, the kites. Yeah. They're super cool. But yeah, we get a retelling. We know this retelling. It's the night that Baltimore woke up the vampires and set in motion Hagus and the plague and everything and the death of his family and all that stuff. Right. And then Harris goes in after they tell, they do the retelling of the story. Even if all this is true, the world went to war. My friends, gunfire and cannon shot shook the skies, blood soaked the dirt across Europe. I am told Hagus himself said, these are the things that disturbed the red King slumber. So it wasn't Baltimore. That it woke wasn't up just the red Baltimore. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't yeah. just Baltimore. There's more to it than that. These ancient evils have slipped back into the world because of our own evils. We practically invited them back. Baltimore did nothing more than fight for his life. Yet Baltimore blames himself, Sophia says. So you get a little insight. His friends know what's going on. Yeah. I like that how they're like, Rigo, you haven't heard this shit. You gotta learn you gotta you gotta know his backstory. It's so weird. Yeah. Yeah, and I was like wondering why they retold the backstory. I guess they just felt like it was time to probably retell the backstory if there's new readers picking up Baltimore, maybe. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. So Rigo goes, uh, Childress told me that. 
Haggis murdered Baltimore's entire family. If he had died on the battlefield, they might still be alive. Even if he could absolve himself of the other guilt, no man could forgive himself of that. So that's pretty true, you know, think about yeah. it. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. That's a good point. It's like, even if that other stuff is true, he probably still got his family killed because of Haggis. So yeah. That's messed yeah. up. Yeah, we get shots of Baltimore down in his cabin, sitting, just staring in the darkness. He's yeah. Well, he's got I, his hand in his chest. Oh, <laughs> his you're right. Yeah. yeah. But another thing, though, is like, remember, like, and then Haggis brought his wife back as a vampire, and then he had to kill her. And yeah. Then, did he have to kill his family, too? Yeah, he had to kill his whole family, yeah, his yeah, sister, yeah, his parents, everything. crazy. Yeah. Anyway, so that's that's got to traumatize him in either event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So then we get Childress, wakes up, and he leaves. He leaves uh, Zoya there, sleeping. That pillow fight, I, I can't do another pillow fight right now. <laughs> My laundry's done, so might as well get going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Harris talks to Childress. He says he doesn't look so well. I'm fine, Harris. I just can't sleep. I imagine Sophia says nobody on this ship is getting much sleep tonight. Dear God. And then they see these monsters out in the water. Baltimore worries he might be a monster. Take a look at those or show him those. Yeah. I like that. Well, one little detail I want to point out is when Sophia throws the cigarette, there's a little in the water. Do you see oh, that? Yeah, there is. Yeah. A little yeah. <laughs> I, I love that little detail right there. I was like, wait a minute. What is that? Anyway, you kind of got to zoom in if you have the digital version. Yeah, that's funny. I didn't notice. Show them those. So there's just giant jellyfish floating in the air just to make this world even more uh, obscure. Yeah. I love that imagery. So weird and so cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like when Sophia says, we've sailed into another world. Yeah, I like that too. Know? It sort of reminds me of, like it makes me think of like Cthulhu mythos, you know, from Lovecraft where like, are they there? Or are they like dreamy, like specters? Or, right. You know, Mm-hmm. yeah and then um there was a lot of jellyfish imagery in the hellboy series mm-hmm. right yep. um the like the kind of ogdruhem heaven or whatever wasn't there like jellyfish up there or and there oh, were yeah and there were jellyfish in yeah, hell, hell you know in the abyss yep. and stuff like that so yeah yeah jellyfish what's up yeah one of, one of the crewmen screams to look at the sea we get a panel of feet making a crack noise i was trying to figure what out what that was like is that i, I think the the deck is freezing Okay, that's what that is. Okay. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, if you look at is it, that Harris's feet? Yeah, I think so. Everything's turning to ice rapidly, you know, which would be fucking scary. You it know really what I would. mean? Yeah. Yeah, they look out in the ocean and or they look out in the sea and the sea is freezing. The ship is freezing. The sails are freezing. But that's impossible, Sophia says. That's nuts. I mean, because, like, there's no brakes on a ship. Like, they're like, drop the sails, but, like, you can't really stop the ship. So they're going to crash. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's just like, doesn't the ice up, come but... up from underneath them? I, I was thinking even the ice came up from underneath them, but maybe they crashed. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the guy's like, drop the sails, and then he falls. He's like up high on the ropes on the rigging, and then he falls, breaks his leg. That would be a Wilhelm scream. Yeah, totally. <laughs> 100%. I really would. So I do like, like, right as Sophia and Harris are talking about the horrors that they're seeing, we get Baltimore and, and how they're miles from shore. Baltimore walks on deck with all of his weapons, like he's ready to go. <laughs> like they crash into yeah. ice and he's already ready to go with all his weapons. His harpoon is on his back. <laughs> Our destination lies across the ice. So we walk, he says. Yeah, dang. That's hardcore. Like he's like, this yeah. ain't going to stop us. Now we're just going to walk the rest of the way that we would have sailed on the ice in the middle of this like snowstorm. That's nuts. Like you're like, I'd be like, but Baltimore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I love that. um, 
you just see his wooden leg come into frame. Yeah, you like, know what I mean? Yeah, with a thrack. That's a great panel. Yeah. I like Peter's Baltimore. So then we return to the Ice Cross crew in the Mediterranean. They're at the port of Carthage because they got the big cargo ship, so they can't bring that into port. So they get a little tiny rowboat. They hop in there. Demetrius, Ice Cross, decides to go with them. And they're like, shouldn't you stay with the boat? And it's like, my boat will be here. My crewmen will take care of it. It'll be back when we come back. Yeah. And they go. But he wants to go with the crew. He wants to go with the Ice Cross crew. <laughs> That's why they're called the Ice Cross crew. He's got to be He's there. He's got to be with them. Right. He's like, I can't let them represent the Ice Cross crew if I'm not there. Exactly. Hodge goes, if this is truly where the cult of the Red King began, it would have been foolish to expect it to be untouched by recent events. Untouched? Whatever's been here didn't more than touch these people. What people? Says Ice Cross. Exactly. Mr. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Then we jump back to the Baltic Sea where they're trekking across the frozen sea. And we get that. That's crazy. Yeah, I know it is That's, crazy. I mean, I don't know. Just thinking about having to be on that crew, I'd be like, man, I wish I was on Team Ice Cross right now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> they're off in the Mediterranean where it's all probably warm. Yeah, they're in a little rowboat and shit. Yeah. Here, like, their, their ship looks like it's, you know, it looks like it, it's been wrecked for years right mm-hmm but then there what's i don't even know who that is with a blanket oh it's uh oh so yeah Sophia. Sophia. Oh, i'm looking at the wrong panel i'm looking at the panel with baltimore oh. he's kind of looking behind yeah him he's and like he's childress and Zoya there. yeah he's giving the side eye he definitely thinks something suspicious is going on there so the ice yeah. touched one of the tentacles right of the jellyfish and there's like a couple guys that mm-hmm. are like what's going on here what what is it it grows up from the sea like this and then Baltimore right away is like, keep moving. Let's get away from it. Sophia explains what he's what he means is he's afraid if it freezes all the way, it's going to fall on us. So let's get moving. Yeah. So, um, well, two things. I, I like that. This is going to happen a couple times. Sophia has to translate for Baltimore because right. <laughs> he's so minimal in what he says and he's so aggressive. You know what I mean? He's just like, keep moving. But he doesn't say why. And so she's like. Well, let me do this a more tactful way. This is what he's saying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she does it a couple of times throughout this. And I just think it's funny that she has to like translate for him because he's so <laughs> almost inhuman, un- emotionless monster. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the other thing is um, what's happening with this jellyfish? Is it touching down and the tentacle is ice or is the ice coming? Like what is, I don't know. It's such a weird thing. I, I loved the whole imagery, but also I loved thinking about like, what is actually happening yeah. in that panel? Maybe it was just close enough that the ice got it. How come they're not freezing? Yeah, you know? Why is the jellyfish yeah. freezing and they're not freezing? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, I don't it's know about this magic. weird and scary and yeah, all that stuff is good. Yeah. I like how you can see uh, St. Petersburg like in the distance. Right. Uh, on that next page in the panel. Yeah. And Baltimore says, hurry you fools before it comes down on our heads. Keep moving. And that's it. And they're walking. That's the end of issue one. Awesome. Yeah. I'm loving this so far. Yeah. This is good. Like things start to accelerate. We get a, um, the next issue, we get a uh, Ben Stenbeck cover too, which is sweet. Oh, nice. Is that yeah. a Ben Stenbeck cover? Yeah. I mean, we like, we know, I guess, stuff that's going to happen, but there's his crew in the background, right? We see the Red King in the background and all these little tiny wooden dolls. Look at that. Mm, that does not, I don't like that. <laughs> that doesn't bode well for my man Childress. <laughs> yeah. So we open this issue up on the Baltic Sea, the Gulf of Finland, just off the coast of St. Petersburg. And we see Team Baltimore. We got Baltimore, Sophia, Harish, and Rigo. Childress and Zoya follow behind. And Sophia tells Baltimore that she's concerned about Childress. She says he doesn't look well. He's not acting like himself. And she doesn't trust Zoya. 
Baltimore agrees, but he also says, as for him acting different, women can have that effect on men. Hmm. That's a cop-out excuse. I, I think, well, it's, his, <laughs> but like, it's, like, it's like, I, like his only best friend from childhood, you know? He's like enabling and making excuses for his friend. Exactly. And he does it again later. Mm-hmm. I just think it's interesting. He has to be like, well, but it also might be, you know what I mean? Because yeah. it is his friend. You see there that he has a little bit of emotion or else I don't think he'd make a comment like that. Yeah. It's also like, I think it's so important for things like this. It's like, you can't hold everybody's hand too. You know, on the flip side, it's like, it's got to come from them if they're yeah. going to do yeah. this, if they're going to slip and fall into the darkness. It's like, yo. Right. But he, he tries. He tries to... There's a couple of times where he tries to get her away from Zoya. Yeah. We see Zoya whispering something to Childress. Mm-hmm. When Baltimore tries to ask him a question, Childress just says, not now, old friend, and walks off. Yeah. That's one of those times he's trying to save his friend. It's like, damn, dude. And when he says not now, he's looking at Zoya. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't even look at him. He's looking at her. So I'm like, that's cold, bro. What about your Baltimore bro? There's an interesting scene. Um, I thought this was funny, right? So... Rigo talks to Zoya and he's like, hey, so what's up with you in Baltimore? Y'all are real close. And so this kind of offends Sophia. Yeah. Your implication offends me, father. Yeah. And she says Baltimore's ghosts drive him and she's got ghosts of her own. And meanwhile, Harish is watching this interaction with Rigo and he wonders if Rigo is hitting on Sophia or thinking about breaking his other vows. So I think it's funny that, you know, there's two... There's two different things going on here where the people are making assumptions about other people, which is just, and it's in the same scene, which I think is kind of humorous. I, did, I, I think, think it's, it's intentionally like, humorous. I think we get a little Baltimore humor. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Baltimore's like, uh, I suspect if Rigo were to pursue Sophie, he would find something other than his vows broken. Yeah. <laughs> I think we get a little joke. His ball is yeah. Like a, like a <laughs> knife in the gut or whatever. Like she handled herself yeah. with a zombie husband who crushed people's skulls with one hand. <laughs> Right, yeah. No, yeah, he would get his balls broken. (laughs) (laughs) Be squished like grapes. (laughs) Yeah, but I love that panel, too, where she's like, I'm driven by ghosts of my own. Like, just the expression, and I I like that they give her that one panel with that line. It's, It's really powerful. Yeah. Over at the Port of Carthage in Tunisia, Mansour Marchand talks with the ship's crew. He's worried as he watches Team Ice Cross from the boat. He's worried about what they're looking for and also that they may not return. Yeah, and they don't know, like the crew doesn't seem to know like what darkness that they're finding, but Marshand does. You know, he's like, if you only knew. Right. He, he seems like he's a little bit more um, in on the intel. Mm-hmm. Over with the team, we see Ice Cross, Dr. Rose, Mr. Kidd, and Simon Hodge. I love Mr. Kidd just walking around with that sledgehammer. I know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love it. It's so good. <laughs> Just walking around with a sledgehammer in the middle of an empty city. They investigate the city, and they find some Red King graffiti on a door. They investigate it, and they also find slash marks on the door. Yeah, some claws. Looks like claw marks. Yeah, claw marks. Icecross says whatever is responsible for the appearance of the locals has claws. This is interrupted by Mr. Kid. He's found something. We're not quite as alone as we thought, he says. Um, I love that panel of him, uh, of his face right there. And then there's kind of like that watercolor watercolor smear in the background. Just so cool. Um, It just adds a lot of weight to these lines of dialogue. It just makes it really dramatic. They find this desiccated dude. He's all shriveled up. Mummified. Yeah, that is so (laughs) weird and creepy that it's all like dressed and it has books all around him. Like it's just like a weird image. Like it reminded me of something that would be in a David Lynch movie or something like Mm -hmm. that. They wonder if it's a sign of the plague. Dr. Rose goes to investigate and says he doesn't think so. 
The man's nothing but a husk, he says, all the life bleached out of him. But suddenly the man arises, it lunges at Dr. Rose, and then collapses into meat pieces. All yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like falls apart. The the part where he, uh, the, the, the guy jumps up, it kind of reminded me of that part in Seven, where they thought they found oh. that corpse in the bed, and then he just oh, yeah. pops up and he starts yeah. screaming and everybody's like freaking out. That, that, that's a movie. You know, that jump scare got me. Yeah, th- that's one of those movies that I, I can't really watch. I think I've seen that movie twice since it came out. Like, mm-hmm. it's just like such a disturbing movie. I, I, I would like to re- I would like to rewatch it again. But then sometimes when I think about it, I'm like, I don't know if I want to rewatch that movie. <laughs> it's so messed up. It's so dark. Yeah. <laughs> and bleak yeah but they freak out and when all the meat pieces fall to the floor and ice cross is like you said he was dead dr rose says he was dead honestly demetrius was all you've seen how can such things still surprise you you look fairly surprised too yourself my friend ice cross responds <laughs> yeah, true oh that wasn't surprise that was terror dr rose finishes i love those little those yeah. little quips with each other yeah, right? back and forth <laughs> yeah i mean there's a difference between being like Oh my god! I'm surprised that happened, dude. Holy shit! Fuck, yeah. <laughs> he just jumped at me. <laughs> yeah, and this whole time, like Hodge. Well, even before the guy jumped up, Hodge is like, "You guys hear this? Right? You know, what's going He's on? been what's hearing going some on? weird sound, and then we see what it is. Son of a bitch! Hodge responds. Yeah, so we see um some ring rays flying, ring dark rays. rays like flying through the sky. Yeah. Really cool imagery. I love the green color of the sky. Just adds this, and the first thing that happens is they pick up Simon Hodge, and I'm like, "No, I love Simon Hodge. He's the me. He's the he's the he's the uh, <laughs> he does. Look you like know me. what I mean? He's the the me avatar in this story. So I'm like, no, nothing can happen to Simon Hodge. Putting their tentacle fingers on his face. Right. So what's happening there? Is it like sucking his life out? It's doing something fucked up to him, right? Because from then on out, he's no longer conscious like they have to carry him around you know what i mean yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh but it looks so disturbing the way his face is distorting and stuff like that it's just like no yeah i wonder if these races are similar to the race that we saw in the chapel of bones too you know oh you're right yes um they all came out of they were like the bones made them right they were made out of the bones and stuff like that yeah and they were for well and they were like shadow creatures yeah. and they were afraid of the fire you're too. right it, it is the same thing oh that's some good universe building i forgot about that but i love how they're like you won't have him and they they pull him back down yeah and then as they pull him down, the fire crashes that the, the know, lantern fire that was. I guess it was Hodge's. Lantern. Yeah, it was Hodge's lantern. It crashes to the ground and then it creates this like fireball. And we see that it drives those Oof. monsters away. Yeah. So Team Ice Cross, they run into this nearby house and they attempt to fortify themselves inside. Dr. Rose notes that the fire light or the heat kept them back. Ice Cross says, we'll break chairs, anything that will burn. Only a few hours to sun up. We'll make it. Will we, Dr. Rose asks? I wonder. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Rose, always the pessimist. I know, thing. right? I do like how uh, Demetrius is always like, yeah, we're going to do, we got this. We got yeah. this. We, we can, can do, do this. We're Team Ice Cross. I'm glad that they brought him along, too, or that he decided to go. You know what I mean? Right. Yep. Back in St. Petersburg with Team Baltimore, Sophia is surprised they haven't frozen to death. Oh, and that was another line. Remember when she was like, it's really cold. Well, yeah, it was really cold because everything was about to freeze, you know? So it was unusually yeah. cold. You know, she did send something yep. and they notice lights up on this building ahead. Harish wonders if the weather has driven them indoors or something else that they're hiding from. 
I probably could have looked up this inn. I bet you that's a real... Yeah, I was just going to say, I think that that's a real place in St. Petersburg. Um, that's a real yeah, building. Like. I'll have to look that up. I'm, I'm sure I can find it for the posts of the week. Ends up being a hotel, right? Or... Right. It ends up being a hotel. One of the things that they say, if there's any truth in the letter I received from Father Stanislas, we know the answer to that. Um, so we get more information on this letter. So they've mentioned this letter a couple times, but we've never seen this letter or had any other reference to it. Right? Yeah, not that I could find. I went back and I looked. You know, I could be. Yeah, so, that. but we get bits and pieces of what they're alluding to in there. Yeah. yeah. Why they chose to come to St. Petersburg. Right. So they head towards the building. And like Wes said, it's a hotel. And once inside, the innkeeper tells them they can only stay for one night and they must leave tomorrow. What does that mean? Like, I guess they're just scared of outsiders. Yeah, that's or... what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. This is not a savory looking group of people either. No. Oh, yeah, you're right. Um, but, you, you got Rigo there with his face all mangled. <laughs> well, he is looking like he's like um, holding something up. So maybe he's like, this is just enough money for one night. Oh, maybe oh, that's that. what it is. Okay. Yeah. I think you're right, Aubrey. Good catch there. Rigo tries to address Childress, but he blows him off too, saying that he's going to bed. And Baltimore confronts him. Some occult power has frozen the entire Gulf of Finland, and you don't find that alarming enough to warrant a few minutes of your time? Of course I do, Childress responds, but morning is good enough. Something is not right, Harris says. Yeah, he says, I have a very important pillow fight to get to right now, so please excuse me. <laughs> Harris is suspicious, and Baltimore agrees, but he's also like, well, he's not wrong. There's not really anything that he can do tonight. That's the second time that Baltimore kind of makes an excuse for it. Yeah, you know yeah. What I mean, he's like, well... So I feel like... And I wonder if he already, like, he knows, knows Zoya's bad and he's sort of, like, seeing where this is going, maybe. It's, he's also, like, sacrificing his, his buddy. Yeah, I feel like if they had intervened earlier, maybe... I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Over with Team Ice Cross, they did survive the night. So that was good. Um, see Dr. Rose and Mr. Kid is ready to head back to the ship, but Ice Cross reminds them of their important mission. Dr. Rose has to stay and look after Hodge after the attack. So Kid and Ice Cross head out to search the ruins. And Ice Cross is a big dude, right? Like, wasn't he, like, described as a big dude? And yeah. Mr. Yeah. Kid is, like, towering over him. He's way right? bigger, right? <laughs> so he's, like, their Hulk or whatever. I like when Dr. Rose is saying he has to look after Simon. We see his um, prosthetic. Mm -hmm. Remember, he has that prosthetic now because his fingers uh, have been yeah. chopped off and stuff like that. So and we kind of get a, another callback to that. As they walk off, uh, Mr. Kid is anxious, but Ice Cross reminds him that they have their ship waiting. And we get another shot of Mansoor Marchand watching patiently for them to return. Yeah. Over with Team Baltimore and St. Petersburg, the team realize they're stuck in the city until the ice melts. So what about that, innkeeper? We can't go anywhere. <laughs> right. <laughs> He's like, I don't care. Just get out. Yeah, he's like, Baltimore's like, I have a, I have a magical wooden leg that I can trade you. No, I'm just <laughs> that I can, I have a magical wooden leg that I can kick your ass. With. There you go, right? <laughs> yeah. If you wear it, you'll, you'll become a, a real wooden leg boy. <laughs> yes. Baltimore talks with his crew, and they make a plan to go see Father Stanislaus once Childress appears. They have his address from the letter. Sophia mentions another detail about the letter. There are supposed to be many witches. Mm -hmm. Rigo agrees witchcraft must be at work. The ice is keeping people isolated and at the mercy of whoever is behind it. Sophia's still smoking there. We get some cool smoking shots of, of her. Yeah. And they're coming down. Childress and Zoya come on down the stairs. 
So um, in that panel right before where Harris says they're coming, I was trying to figure out what that painting is. Yeah. And I couldn't find it. No. I didn't have a lot of time to look for it, but I was like, there's too much detail in that. That's got to be a real painting. Yeah, there was an... I'm going to see if I can find it. Yeah, there was another painting, too, when they were checking in above the fireplace, and I thought maybe that was also something. I, I don't know. Oh. But yeah, that... I think that's... The... Is that the same painting? That's it the might same be. painting. It might be but the same it's, painting. It's, it's, the, it's the other side of it. Ah. So, yes. God, I'm going to have to find that. I think it's the same painting, but you're seeing the left side of it on page 166 of the omnibus, and you're seeing the right side of it on page 169, I think, because it looks like they're in that same kind of lobby area. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, they, they come down. Childress comes down with Zoya, and Baltimore confronts him. Where do you think you're going? He grabs Childress's arm, and Childress was like, it's on now. You know, He grabs Baltimore by the collar. Keep your hands off me. Keep my hands, Baltimore responds. That'll be enough. And he clocks Childress in the face. Yeah, good. Good. Well, it was like Chil- Childress and Zoya were just walking past the crew. They weren't even going to say anything. They were just going to leave. They were just going to walk out, right? So that's why he's like, where are you going? Mm-hmm. And then Childress fucking goes for his gun. I was like, what the fuck, dude? Mm-hmm. He's like, sodden bastard. <laughs> yeah. But Zoya stops him. Yeah. Stop. Come along. Rigo tries to intervene and calls Zoya a witch, which she takes offense to. I'm just a woman in love, she responds. I love pillow fights. <laughs> Leave him be, Rigo. Let him go, Baltimore says. Rigo does. But then he's like, you can't be serious. What are you thinking? And then again, we get the translation of Baltimore's actions. But we get it from Sophia and Harish. I love this. Uh, they're like, yeah. Sophia's like, he's thinking that Zoya's a witch. But that it's impossible to know how powerful she might be. So confronting her around so many people might be an error. He's wondering if she chose Mr. Childress from the men on our ship at random, or if she knows who we are and our purpose in St. Petersburg. And then Harish is like, because of course, if she's unaware of Lord Baltimore's identity, she might well lead us back to the rest of her coven. And then Rigo's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, and also I love Baltimore's expression while they're saying all this. Cause he's just kind of like, yeah. Yep. <laughs> and it pulls from the cigarette. These guys are paying attention. <laughs> These guys were paying attention. <laughs> Didn't you do the reading? <laughs> What do you want, an info dump? <laughs> this is like Rigo's first, this is his first mission with them, right? Yeah, so he's having to learn the ropes of how to translate Baltimore's actions and whatnot, you know, which is, is, is really interesting. Yeah, but Baltimore is um, like, no, not us, only me. I'll, he's going to follow them. Right. They're going to go to the address, the father, Stanislas. Stanislas or something like that. I tried to look yeah. up that name too. It's a, it's a common yeah, name, I so I couldn't find either. a specific reference to it. And Baltimore says that he would try to find the witch's coven location and meet them back in three hours. Sophia asks, what if she knows exactly who you are? What then? Then I'll be walking in a trap, Baltimore responds. But I've walked into traps before. And then we get a shot of like this red chick and a red... Yeah, so he's yeah. like sneaking around and then there's like somebody watching him. I love that costume though. I was oh, like, yeah. oh, this is some kick-ass. Like, whether this is a good person or a bad person, I just think that costume is dope. Looks really cool. Definitely brings focus to her. So I wonder if Baltimore knows that somebody's watching him. Because he's always like one step ahead, right? Like, you know, does he know that somebody's so, watching him as he's watching them, you know, or, or are they yeah, truly, Yeah, there's that scene you know, where like yeah. Zoya and Childress are up ahead, but he's looking up into the, we see that frame where he's looking up above the buildings behind him. 
but he's following Zoya and Childress. So I don't know. I feel like probably. Hmm. Oh, you're right. Yeah, he is kind of looking up. I think he is looking over there. Yeah, it's hard to tell where his eyes are going, but I think he sees her. Ah, he sees her. I think you totally called it, Wes. So Rigo, Harish, and Sophia find the address from Father Stanislav's letter, and they wonder if it's the correct place. And Rigo mentions the Church of Saint. Mm-hmm. Genadius of Novgorod. I just had to look this up. St. Genadius was Archbishop of Novgorod from 1484 to 1504. He's famous for compiling the first complete codex of the Bible in Slavic in 1499, known as the Genady Bible. Genady is a saint of the Russian Orthodox Church. His feast day is September 17th. So there you go. He's a real guy. They knock on the door and this old bearded man answers. They ask if he's Father Stanislav, but he says he's not a priest anymore and tries to shut the door on them. But Rigo intervenes and Rigo's like, I'm from a different church, but I know what it's like to question your faith in these dark times. He mentions the letter Baltimore received. It mentioned a coven of witches in St. Petersburg. Witches who worship the oldest of gods, Stanislav's responds. The darkest of gods. And then he just walks off. That's some creepy shit to say, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Father? The team find this suspicious, and Rigo pleads, I can see that you're suffering, but you must help us. He asks for more information about the coven, but Father Stanislav turns into a creepy gray monster. Like, yeah, vampire kind of. Yeah, yeah, it is a vampire. And he slashes Rigo across the face. I was like, can this dude not get injured on his face anymore? (laughs) (laughs) Right? How is this going to be his story? Is by the end of the show, he's just like covered in scars. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I mean, he's already only got one eye. Like, give this dude a break. (laughs) Well, if he keeps getting injured in the same spots, you don't have to draw him differently. Yeah, (laughs) I guess you're right. Right. Just put a couple more slash lines. Yeah. Is recognizable still. Um, and so we cut to this last scene. We see Baltimore is still outside of the building that he followed Childress and Zoya to. And in there, Zoya's doing some weird witch stuff. Snipping her hair off. Tying it around the statue. And then she starts pricking her finger to get blood. And she's like, a bit from you and now a bit from me. Almost like a baby. And she puts it on the doll that says Childress. And now here you are, my love. You belong to us forever. You and all the rest. And she's got like a huge library of all these little statues with the little hair tied around it. So I guess like the hair tied around it is maybe binding him to her or something like that, right? Yeah, that's what I was assuming. I don't know, but there's a lot of dolls. There's a lot of them, right? So does she have an army of dudes that she pillow fights or something like that? (laughs) An army of pillow fighters? Um, I don't know, so, you know, but um, like one one of the dolls has a book, like it's like reading a book or a newspaper or something. It's like right in the middle on the bottom. Oh yeah, you're that's interesting. Yeah, that's the that's the local librarian. She got him too. <laughs> yeah, but um, wow, what a really creepy way to end this. And I'm like, I don't want anything bad to happen to Childress. I'm I'm sure something bad will happen to him. But it's just like ah. Childress, hot. Like I don't want anything bad to happen to Hodge, man. I love Hodge. Yeah, I I, I love all. The, I'm starting to love all these characters, and so yeah, you know. But this is the type of series where any one of them could die at any point, and you know what I mean. And it's just uh, that's just how this book is. So anyway, I'm excited to get to the rest of these issues. And um, I know Aubrey, you were saying you you didn't stop. I don't think you yeah, like, you no. just kept going because I read this the other night, and I was just like, I got to the end of this, and I was just like, 
I'm going. I'm going to keep. Going. Yeah. <laughs> no, I well, I I wanted to, but I just it was a time thing. I just didn't have a lot of time this week. So, but man, it's really good. I'm really excited to get to the next section. And um, yeah, I think it's good to to break it up like this so we can have more time to savor all the little character moments and the amazing art by Berting and Dave Stewart. Really, just knocking it out of the park on this series. Yeah, I like Berting in this. Berting sort of becomes the the artist for the Outerverse. It's awesome. Yeah, nice. But I think we do. I, from what I remember, because I stopped, like I had read this a while ago, this stuff a while ago, and then I haven't reread it since. Now we're reading it for the book club, but I do think we we get a Harish backstory and a kid backstory. From what I remember, eventually, we just haven't gotten it oh, yet. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah, um, I'd like to learn more about them. Awesome. Well, great job on the notes there, Wes. I really appreciate your help this week on making this episode happen. Yeah, no problem. I love it. It's fun. I'm really excited to have Wes back on the show. This will be our new monthly feature, right? So we're done with the Silver Surfer comic. So uh, we'll be going through Baltimore a little bit more rapidly now. So we'll have another episode next month with Wes. And we'll finish up this story. So I'm really excited for that. All right. I'm excited to hear what you guys think about Baltimore series. Let us know your thoughts on Cult of the Red King Part 1. And now Aubrey's going to say all the things. All right, everybody. We're back in the Outerverse reading the Baltimore and the Cult of the Red King. I really enjoyed this story. Like I said, I didn't stop. I read the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) I want to know what you thought. Send us a hey, you damn guys at bookclubmembercomics at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at bookclubmembercomics and on Twitter at bookclubmembers. And as always, you can find all of our resources on our Podbean websites and our link trees on our socials. As always, a special thank you to Paul from God of Harm for the listener feedback theme. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Only Beast, for the uh, main theme. You're welcome. And uh, be sure to check out their new album, Long Con. You can get it at OnlyBeast.com. Yes. Yes. All the music streaming platforms, you can find it on there, too. You can find the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. And when you're there, open it up and give us that five-star review. Every little bit helps. And uh, if you're enjoying what you're hearing, tell a friend. Have them join the book club. Everybody wants to be a book club member. Do it. Next week, we're going back over to the Hellboy Book Club podcast, and we are going to be discussing Hellboy, A Plague of Wasp. So, you guys know what to do. This one, you just got to get the audio file and listen to it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's a little trickier. And uh, it's about five and a half, six hours long. Yeah, yeah. And uh, join us next week over on Hellboy Book Club podcast, and we'll be back here in two weeks with more Book Club member comics. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm John Salinas. I'm Wes Matice. And I'm Aubrey Lovelace saying, sodded bastard. (laughs) 